Well, last November I highlighted a case to you from Canada where a popular fashion brand Simons posted a video entitled All Is Beauty. It tells a tale of a terminally ill woman who has opted for medically assisted voluntary euthanasia in Canada. And it was an attempt to normalise and even glamorise euthanasia in a country where the slippery slope on this issue is well and truly greased. In fact, they're looking at euthanasia for mental illness like depression. Uh, and they're just creating guidelines around that. But there's a twist in the story that Simon's put forward that actually highlights the real danger of euthanasia. Let's check it out. So La Maison Simons, I think is how you say it. It might be Simons, I'm not sure, but I'll just say Simons. More commonly known as just Simons. I'm sure a Canadian will correct me on that. It's, it's a fashion brand headquartered in Quebec. It traces its roots back to 1840. Very popular fashion brand that has a global reach, although obviously not into my house. Uh, but in a video posted towards the end of last year, it was entitled All Is Beauty. Uh, Simons tells the tale of a terminally ill woman who has opted for euthanasia. And the topic's presented to viewers by the use of calming and serene images such as oceans and glowing whale-shaped lanterns. As soft music plays in the background, the video is narrated by the terminally ill woman named Jennifer, and it allows her to explain her reasoning for choosing to be euthanized. Apparently dying in a hospital is not what's natural, that's not what's soft. And in these kinds of moments, you need softness, she says in the video. And the words are beautiful exit appears on screen while she talks. She speaks about her decision, the importance it holds to her, saying that last breaths are sacred. And it ends with the words for Jennifer, June 1985 to October 2022. Let's just watch two short clips from it. Dying in a hospital is not what's natural. That's not what's soft. In these kind of moments, you need softness. It can take dying to figure out what living is actually like. When I imagine my final days, I see bubbles. I see the ocean. I see music. Even now, as I seek help to end my life, there is still so much beauty. You just have to be brave enough to see it. Yeah, and the 37-year-old died on October the 23rd. She chose euthanasia, and she had chronic pain associated with the diagnosis of Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, EDS, which is a group of inherited disorders that affect the connective tissue supporting many body parts, not always terminal. But in the video available on Simon's shopping website, viewers get a glimpse into these last moments, hear her thoughts on life, uh, and her quest to fill her final days with beauty with nature, and with connection. And Peter Simons, the chief merchant for the fashion chain, said this isn't about euthanasia, it's really a story. It's a celebration of Jennifer's life, and I think she has a lot to teach us, end quote. Well, yep, it does have a lot to teach us, but probably not in the way that this chief executive is thinking. Because here's the twist. Jennifer wanted to live. According to a report in the Canadian National Post, she only opted for assisted suicide 
after her years-long attempt to secure proper health care failed. Uh, and Canadian TV actually confirmed that this was the woman who had spoken to them in June about her failed attempts to find proper treatment for EDS, which is a condition that she suffered with. Let's watch uh, that particular excerpt. Kat is in her late 30s and Fraser Health will help her die. I have an open invitation, for lack of a better phrase. But she wants to live as long as possibly, even though she's in severe pain. My suffering was validated to the extent of being approved for MAID. No additional resource uh, has opened up. She has Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, a genetic connective tissue disorder. That means joints easily dislocate and skin, tendons and organs don't work like they should. For cat, walking is difficult and even sitting is painful. I know the system well and yet I haven't been able to navigate and ascertain the resources that I need. EDS is a rare disease with no cure and few treatment options. She does not have a family doctor and though she's seen dozens of specialists, Kat believes BC's public health care system is not set up to care for people with complex and rare illnesses also living in poverty. I can't afford the resources that would help improve my quality of life. Initially, medical assistance in dying, made for short, was only approved for Canadians with terminal illnesses. But now anyone who's suffering can apply. I just think she didn't want to be a burden. Which has raised serious ethical questions that the elderly, chronically ill and disabled could feel pressured to choose death in the face of insufficient social and medical supports. When people are backed into a corner, living in poverty, it doesn't feel like a choice anymore. Kat's options are also fading. Her EDS complications have led to organ failure and she now weighs just 89 pounds. She thought applying for MAID could lead to more help or palliative care, but it hasn't. I feel like I'm falling through the cracks. So if I'm not able to access health care, am I then able to access death care? It is far easier um, to, to let go than keep fighting for additional resources. Yeah, did you hear that? She didn't want to be a burden and it's far easier to let go than keep fighting for additional resource. But here's the really concerning part. Even when it seemed apparent that her condition might be terminal, she noted that the government healthcare system hadn't even been able to provide her with appropriate palliative care. However, the government was quick to approve her application for euthanasia. And of course, none of these complicating factors were mentioned in that Simon's ad, were they? Which instead highlighted what it called the hard beauty of assisted suicide. You'll be interested to know that Simon's has since removed the ad from its online channels after it was subjected to widespread criticism that it was romanticising Canada's increasingly problematic euthanasia regime. But it's not the only example that we could show you. In 2021, Canadian woman Donna Duncan was able to swiftly receive assisted suicide in a hospital after years of unsuccessful attempts to find treatment for chronic mental health issues. Her family was so blindsided by the decision that they referred the case to the Regulation Authority for Investigation. The House of Commons Committee in Canada heard about five separate incidences of Canadian Armed Force veterans being offered euthanasia after seeking assistance with issues ranging from depression to post-traumatic stress disorder. And more recently, former Paralympian Christine Gauthier went public with her story of being offered euthanasia by a veteran affairs caseworker after she complained about delays in installing an in-home chairlift.
Yep. And uh, look, even the BBC recently featured an article which says, as Canada prepares to expand its euthanasia law to include those with mental illnesses, some Canadians, including many of the country's doctors, question whether the country's assisted death programme has already moved too far. Uh, and look, even medical staff are speaking up. Interestingly, the doctor that they interviewed there, shown in that image, she said that uh, the first uh, assisted suicide she performed, it was surreal, but then it just became normal. And she's uh, performed hundreds of assisted dying cases. We've seen similar testimony from doctors in New Zealand. Now, how does this apply to New Zealand? Well, during the debate here in New Zealand for the referendum in 2020, we were told that there is no slippery slope. Repeat after me, no slippery slope. Except there is. Here's an excerpt from the News Hub special programme on the issue. So the reality is, if you go and have a look, euthanasia legislation is in 18 jurisdictions around the world. Only one of them has actually changed it, and that's slightly widening it. And that was Belgium with, I think, the age. So really, there's not a lot of evidence yeah. to support it. Richard, you've got real concerns. Not true. It's just totally not true. There has been euthanasia expansion in every country that has enacted euthanasia laws. I mean, we've seen it in Canada, which is just four years in. We're already looking at expanding the law after the Supreme Court has ordered it. So I know that. But they're also, they've expanded it in Belgium. They, they expanded it to children in Belgium. They've expanded it in, in um, the Netherlands, um, um, practically speaking, and also in, in, in uh, legislative ways through the Groningen Protocol, extending it to seriously disabled newborn babies. So I don't accept the view that it hasn't expanded. But yeah, let me... I do want to pick up on the Netherlands yeah. there because, you know, people as young as 12 can, you know, be euthanized there. That, that, that's an example of a slippery slope. Okay, so if we're talking about the slippery slope, what you have to understand in countries like Netherlands, it started off that way and this reflects a culture where euthanasia has been accepted for a very long time even before they legislated it. So it has expanded. Now, the Western Australia Joint Committee have done an extensive report recently, and they found that the slippery slope argument was not made out at all. It's an argument that's used by opponents. It's been completely rejected. The permissive countries have stayed the same. Belgium is the only one that changed, and that was a very deliberate decision through Parliament. Oregon is more typical, and that is 23 years without any change whatsoever. There's clearly been the slippery slope in the Netherlands, and even people in the country themselves admit it. Bert Kaiser, who, who works at the Euthanasia Clinic, says, yes, we have a slippery slope, and he, he takes that as a sign of a progressive society. But why has no place that has this law uh, in yes, place? In, why have they not repealed the, this act if it is so terrible? Well, because they had the definition of unbearable suffering, and the review committees yes, have expanded right. the interpretation. Much wider law. The intention of the law. The they intention of they those laws is about unbearable suffering. <laughs> well, they didn't solve the argument, but even though they were throwing out some false facts, the uh, advocates for euthanasia. But of course, who can forget this quote from an ex-Labour MP who was a major campaigner for the law in New Zealand. And just to confirm all of this, uh, at the end of last year, Act Leader David Seymour, he was looking to 2023 this year, and he plans to expand the criteria for those seeking to die under the End of Life Choice Act. Yeah, apparently there is a slippery slope. But now the man who shaped the bill says it needs to be reviewed. The eligibility widened. I think we can already see in the numbers some concerns. It's excluding people who have a long-term condition, and that means a lot of suffering for those people that may not be necessary. I... Look, in terms of... 
uh, a, a fail. Um, you know, I, I personally um, regret that end-of-life choice still excludes some people who deserve to be included, who won't die within six months, but that's their real problem because their suffering is often worse than people with short-term uh, terminal conditions. I'm talking about people like Frank Santh, the first, uh, or sorry, the la one of the last living New Zealanders to land at Normandy. He's had a good life. He's lived on his terms. He should be able to go on his terms. David Seymour, my namesake, with MND, very similar circumstance. Uh, so look, that is, is not really a, a fail. Uh, this year. It's more unfinished business uh, and I think in time, now that all the naysayers have conveniently disappeared because none of their fear-mongering was true, uh, we will expand the End of Life Choice Act so that it can include some of those people who need it most. Well, dear David, we're still here. We're not going anywhere. What we're seeing overseas is exactly what was predicted. And uh, with elder abuse, increasing health costs, mental illness, devaluing of disabled people, weak accountability and opposition from most medical professionals, we ain't going anywhere. Read our fact sheet on this issue, protect.org.nz, so you know exactly what the law is about. At the end of the day, we can live without euthanasia.